Hi there, I'm talking to you. Yes, you. My name is Sherry, my pup's name is Sunny, and we're training to be an animal-assisted counseling team. You're listening to the Therapy Dog Talk podcast, the show that interviews past, present, and future therapy dog teams about how they're making an impact in their communities. Today we're talking with Sarah about her experiences volunteering as a therapy dog team in Southern California with her multi-poo schnauzer Coco, how a visit to her grandparents inspired her to start this journey, and how they practice self-care after visits. We'll discuss their training journey to therapy dog, why she chose to register through Love on a Leash, and just a few of the lessons that they have learned along the way. Before we hop in, if you're just getting started on your therapy dog journey and feeling a bit lost, I've put together a free guide for you, which you can find on my website at freeguide.therapydogtalk.com. Without further ado, meet Sarah and Coco. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. For those who don't know you, would you like to introduce yourself and your dog? So I'm Sarah. This is Coco. She is two years old. She's a Maltese Poodle Schnauzer mix. We live in San Diego, and I've had her since she was eight weeks old. And we started doing therapy more recently, but just absolutely loving it. And yeah, happy to talk about it today. How did you discover the role of therapy dogs? At first, I wanted to do therapy dogs because I thought, which I was wrong, but I thought the therapy dogs could go on the airplane with you. That okay. is wrong information. just want everyone to know that <laughs> only service animals are allowed to be on the plane with you. Otherwise, they have to be in your carrier. Lots of rules around that. But that was yeah. my first thought was once they took away ESA animals on your lap, I was like, oh, I'll just make her a therapy dog and then she could be on my lap. And then looked into it and realized, no, not the case. However, I had taken her to go see my grandparents. And they, at the time, were like 99 and 93 years old. And she just was so great around them. And I just saw how much they lit up around her. And yeah. even my grandfather, who he passed in October, but he was not really a big animal person. And every morning he was like, good morning, Coco. And he would just slowly bend down to pet her. And Aww. she would like lay underneath him while he was eating. And he also just like lit up when she was in the room. And that, then I kind of realized, oh, because I had done some research on therapy dogs, realizing they can't be on the plane. But then I thought, wow, she actually would be really good because of her personality and her behavior. She would be actually a really great therapy dog. So I started looking into it and I just kind of went from there and she's been great. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's really how you knew that she would enjoy being a therapy dog then. Yeah. Yeah. What were her reactions in those situations that let you know that she enjoyed doing it? Well, she's always been a very calm dog. I mean, she's only two, but she never really had that crazy puppy energy rarely got the zoomies only like after the bath and that was really it and she just never tore anything apart or was jumping on things and never jumped on people she was just very calm so I realized that that is such a huge benefit because you really need a dog that's not going to jump when you're doing therapy work so that was just one less thing I had to worry about because if you do have a dog that jumps you just have to be a good handler and figure it out but it's one less thing I have to worry about she also just is so snuggly she'll snuggle with anyone she's great with kids great with people of all ages loves men like no issues with really anyone comfortable with people with glasses and hats and everything so 
that kind of also showed me that she would be great in new environments and with new people. Yeah, she has that confidence and doesn't really mind novelty, just kind of sees it with an optimistic outlook. That's great. So she met your grandparents, you figured out what therapy dogs actually do and can and cannot do. And then did you end up registering with an organization from there? Yes. So I actually went to my trainer and she recommended a local school where you could do a six week prep course. That is not necessary, but it's just like an extra training. So we signed up for that. Um, it's called Positive Teams here in San Diego. They're wonderful. We did a six-week program with them and then just kind of learned kind of the basics of therapy work. And then okay. they suggested a few different national organizations to sign up with. And at first I tried with another organization. The process was a little bit harder or uh, mm-hmm. it took longer. And so I switched over to Love on a Leash and the process was really smooth and it's been an incredible experience and everyone's so great. So I highly, highly suggest Love on a Leash. We have a San Diego chapter. We actually have a couple San Diego chapters and it's just a great community here. That's really great. Yeah, I've met a few of the pups, well, at least on here from Love on a Leash in San Diego. And it seems like y'all really have a great community together. Yeah, we do. That's so cool. I love that. So when did you become a registered therapy dog team then? So we started our supervised visits in May and four weeks later we completed them. So you need 10 supervised visits and I just did like two or three a week. And so for in four weeks, I completed all my visits and sent in the paperwork. So June 12th, I think was like my official date of uh, when we were certified, but you can take as long as you want. I just was like, let's get it done. (laughs) So I did a lot and we went to lots of different places and we're able to get certified pretty quick. That's awesome. Did anything surprise you? when you were training with her or when you first started volunteering? I guess I thought she would be a little bit calmer during the visits. And I realized I need to take her on a long walk or do some training before I take her on a visit. Otherwise, she's kind of a little vocal or she's pulling. She wants to sniff around and I need to tie her out a little more. Because before training classes, normally what I do is let her nap as much as she can. And we can only do like one activity per day because she's just a tired dog and doesn't have energy for lots of activities. (laughs) So I was trying to let her nap before therapy and I'm like nope she needs to be moving around so she can kind of nap at therapy. That's interesting that for school it helped for her to be able to rest before school but for therapy it helps for her to get her energy out first. Yep. Very interesting. What do you enjoy the most about being a therapy dog team? A couple things. I love showing off my dog and talking about her, but I also love the interaction with the clients because a lot of times they open up and share their story. And especially at the senior living center, even in the memory care unit, they're telling stories from their childhood. And I just find it so incredible. And we've done some visits that have been a little bit, I would say, harder on the emotional side. There's a big conference called Camp Widow for anyone who's lost a loved one. And so we were there as support and people would tell us how they lost their loved ones. And it was very hard emotionally, but seeing them so happy with our dogs and snuggling up with them in a weird way, I was really enjoying it. Seeing how our dogs brought joy to these people is just incredible and that's what makes me feel good yeah do you have then some self-care techniques that you've developed to help you process after some of those more emotional visits I guess I haven't really thought about that but that's a really important thing to do usually I just call my mom my mom and I are very close I usually call her after every visit and I just debrief with her, I guess. You could call that self-care. No, totally. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I call her just to tell her about my day, I guess. But sometimes I share how I felt and we kind of talk about it. And so 
I think that's a good way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. I just wondered because I know caregiver burnout, especially there's been a lot of research around the nursing field. I feel like a lot of that ends up applying when we get into some of these more emotional, heavy situations with our dogs. Right. I've also have the other teams that are there that sometimes yeah. afterwards we will sit around and kind of catch up about the conversations we had, even though we're mostly together during our visit. It's still yeah. nice to be like, oh, I was talking to this person. She said this. Or, you know, I mentioned one time to my supervisor, hey, that one lady, her birthday's coming up so that we all are, if I'm not yeah. here that time, just to be aware to maybe mention happy birthday. Just kind of sure. know, the team. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that you have a team. Do you find that Coco needs more time to recharge after the emotional visits? I think for her, it's all the same. I want to say she has enjoyed every single one of them. And then she's exhausted after them all. So normally, like I was saying before, she can really only handle one event per day. You could see her energy, really all the dogs, you can see their energy in the beginning of the visit. They're like sniffing around, like saying hi to everyone. At the end, they're (laughs) laying on the floor and people are just coming up to them or I'm holding since she's small, I can hold her like the ladies in the wheelchair will hold her next to them. They can pet her that way. She's happy with kids, with adults. She's great with them all. But afterwards, we both usually need a nap because it's mentally, I want to say draining. It's just mentally a lot of stimulation. And so, yeah, yeah got to relax after. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. How much does she weigh? She's 15 pounds. Okay. So she's actually probably similar size to Sunny then. It's always so hard to tell from Instagram. Yeah, I know. Everyone thinks she's a lot bigger. And then when they meet her in person, they're like, oh, she's little and she's all fluff. Yeah, I feel like that's true with most dogs that I've met in person after meeting on Instagram. Just like, oh, you're way smaller than I thought. Right. Well, the pictures are up close. Yeah. No, you know, unless I'm holding her in a picture, you can't really tell her size. Right. And if you haven't met the human, it doesn't really mean anything if they're holding the dog either. So... Right. Yeah, that's interesting. So I know that our friend Jared with Bree the Therapy Dog had some questions because they weren't able to attend today. So how did you select Coco's breed? I actually got her from Craigslist, which I would not promote Craigslist, but that's where I got her. So I didn't actually really pick her breed, I would say. However, growing up, I had a schnauzer, a miniature schnauzer. Her name was Taffy. It was like my world. And I really wanted a schnauzer. And so I was looking around trying to find a schnauzer. It's hard to find them in San Diego. I was looking at rescues. I was looking at breeders, just trying to figure it out. And then yeah. I of course, looked on Craigslist and she was part schnauzer. And I'm like, good enough for me. Um, And I actually love the three breeds that she is, the Maltese Poodle Schnauzer. I think it makes a really good mixture. I'm I'm sure there's some other things in there with her, but I call her a Maltese Schnauzer. Yeah. Nice. So then once you met her, what kind of sold you on her? Or were you already sold before you met her? Uh, Yeah, I was in love before I met her. The lady actually had said her dog had gotten pregnant by accident. So she was just trying to find a good home for these people, for these dogs. (laughs) And she wasn't ready to give them up yet. But she wanted to meet people to make sure that there was a good home for them. She wanted to interview people. So we had met up and she said we met on a Saturday and she was like, Tuesday, I'll let you know. But when I showed up Saturday, I told them, I I told her I only want the girl and she was the only girl and she was a pound and a half. So she was teeny tiny and just the cutest little fluffy thing. And I was like, I want her. I want her so badly. And (laughs) he was like, oh, she's actually weaned off her mother if you want to take her now. So I just took her home. I was not prepared. Once you hold a little puppy, like, how do you say no? Right. Wow. She was really, really young when you brought her home then. Oh, she was eight weeks. Yeah. Oh, okay. So some dogs enjoy doing tricks on their therapy visits. Does Coco have any tricks that she likes to do? 
So yes, we do lots of tricks with our therapy visits with Love on a Leash. Their rule is no treats during a visit. And it's a little harder to get Coco to do tricks without a treat. But she knows high five. I'm teaching her to wave. She can do pause up, which is a really great one. Actually, we use it a lot in therapy. She's small. So to get her either to put her paws up on a chair so someone can pet her, pause up onto a wheelchair so someone can pet her, or sometimes with kids, they're too crowding for her if they're bent down. So I have them stand. She puts her paws up on my legs, if that makes sense. Either when I'm seated or in a lunge position, I do pause up. So that's a really big one we use. She can spin. We've been working on crawl as well. It's not too good, but we're working on it. <laughs> we're actually in a tricks class. So tonight we have our final class and we're supposed to perform like a little skit using all the tricks. So we'll see how that goes. I'm not too prepared, but. <laughs> have you fun. submitted for your AKC trick titles? No, I haven't really looked into that. I think you need to do, is it six tricks or 10? It depends. If you have CGC, you only have to do five tricks for your first level. So I'll look into, and you can be a mixed breed? Yeah, Sunny is. Yeah, they have an alternative listing and you can submit them through that. Okay, so she has her CGC and I know there was an alternative since she's a mixed breed, but... Yeah, you would use the same number as you did for CGC. It goes on the same record. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so yeah, I'll look into that. (laughs) I wondered because I know our friend Daryl the Doge has CGC work, but is on that performer elite level of the trick titles and when you mentioned that you were doing this whole little skit that's what you do for the performer titles through AKC so that's why I wondered oh cool yeah I didn't really look into it because she's very slow with her commands and her tricks just I think low energy I asked her to sit and you could see her slowly sitting she knows it it's just her come is just she walks to me she's not full sprint to me so everything's pretty slow so with the tricks it's like come on (laughs) (laughs) everything's on Coco's time yes exactly Exactly. That's what they always say at Sunny School. Everything's on Sunny's time. <laughs> you just have to work with it. You can't work against it. It doesn't work. Right. I love that. What do you guys take with you on a visit? I used to take a lot more and then I realized I wasn't using the things I was bringing. In the training program, the six-week therapy prep program I took, yeah. they had told you to bring things and I think that's great for their goal-oriented organization. So bringing toys and a hairbrush and they also use treats. Yeah. Those things are great to bring so you can have the person who maybe there's someone who's in a walker that their goal is to be able to lift one hand up so you can have them brush your dog or throw the toy but with the therapy visits we've been doing with love on a leash it's more meet and greet and Mm -hmm. i realized i wasn't using the toys or hairbrush so really now i just bring the essentials i need to travel i guess But we do actually have baseball cards that have uh, dogs' pictures and little, you know, facts about them. And that's really fun to get out for people we visit. Yeah. Very cool. What's the most interesting fact about Coco that's on her card? I just kind of listed all our favorite activities. So here in San Diego, it's a very dog-friendly area. And it's San Diego, so everyone's outside the whole time. We do dog activities. We have pack walks we go on dog hikes we go stand up paddle boarding together we have three or four dog beaches here we go to the dog beach all the time and the stand up paddle board i think it's just really fun a lot of people are kind of shocked by that one she has her little (laughs) mermaid life jacket and she's on my board with me (laughs) so cute yeah i think i've seen a reel of that from your page (laughs) 
yeah, it's fun. Although if anybody's watching this, if you're listening, not watching, Coco's handle is Lil Miss underscore Coco. That's L-I-L-M-I-S-S underscore C-O-C-O-A. Yeah. And I would encourage you to look for, there's a reel where you shared, Sarah, your story of what inspired you to get started as a therapy dog team with Coco. Was it a video with your grandma? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. That video, it made me cry. So I'll warn y'all, might make you cry, but you should I cried watch making it. <laughs> I bet you did. It means even more to you than it does to someone else who doesn't know your grandma or Coco. But it's such a precious reel. And I really think there is so much beauty when you can really be there for someone with your animal in a way that they can feel loved in just a different way. So yeah. thank you. I'll reshare that on my story. So then if people are able to jump on over there, they'll see it. Yeah, I can link it in the show notes too. Well, Sarah, is there any advice you have for someone who's interested in becoming a therapy dog team? I would say just start exposing your dog and look into what it takes to be a therapy dog because I think a lot of people are intimidated by it because maybe their dog, I don't know, pulls on the leash or something. But you can look at the requirements and it's dogs are dogs, you know, so they have their moments. (laughs) And as long as they're not aggressive and biting and lunging, then I would say look into it and then start exposing your dog to new people, new places, new environments and get them comfortable. And they'll let you know if they like it or if they don't. Yeah, the more you can improve your communication with them so that you really understand how they're feeling about a situation, the more guidance you'll have on that for sure. (laughs) Well, is there anything else you wanted to share while you're here? Doing these visits has really changed my life. It's a bonding thing for Coco and I. I look forward to it every week for our visits. It's so fun to be a part of this team. And we've been able to go to some really cool places that there's no really other opportunity to be a part of something in that sense, if that makes sense. We've been to the courthouse. We we do library programs, Camp Widow event I was talking about, and just really getting out there and sharing my love for my dog and my dog's love for everyone. I love that. Y'all just jumped all in, all four paws. Well, good luck with your tricks class tonight and your performance i hope you give us a video of what that looks like because i want to see her performance selfishly all right well thanks so much for your time sarah it was so great to chat with you yeah good talking to you thanks for having me of course have a good day you too bye bye i really hope you enjoyed this episode of therapy dog talk if you did please do me a favor and leave a review and rating on the podcast platform of your choice If you have a guest that you think would be a great fit for Therapy Dog Talk, send me an email at hello at therapydogtalk.com. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week.